Our Father, it is so good to gather this morning in living rooms and homes, maybe around the kitchen table, maybe outside on, on the back patio. It's, it's good to sing together, to worship together. It's good to see some friendly faces. Uh, Lord, it's, it's, it's good to be in your word. And Lord, I, I just pray now that you would speak to us, that you would open the eyes of our heart, uh, God, to this beautiful picture this morning of redemption, um, the, the stories we're going to see here this morning. And Lord, may it remind us of our own story, or, or maybe we don't have that story. And so, Lord, maybe you would stir our heart to trust you today for the first time, to trust in Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us now as we look at your word together in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we begin, I, I want to ask you a question. What, what are you seeking after in life? What are you going after? What are you pursuing after? Is, is it stuff? Is it things? Is it notoriety? Is it uh, a title? Is it um, fame? Whatever it may be, what, what are you going after? Maybe it's just simply you're trying to pursue satisfaction or, or happiness. And, and if we just go after those things, if we live to be satisfied, if we live to be happy, we will never be satisfied. We will never be happy. In the Psalms, in several places, t- talks about our souls being satisfied. We, we saw last week that the soul is, is truly happy in Jesus alone. And, and, and so today, uh, we hear that this song, we, we hear stories in, in this beautiful psalm, in Psalm 107, uh, about the redeemed. Uh, the redeemed who have found God alone to be the very thing that satisfies them. And, and that's what God has created our heart, He's created our soul to do, is, is to find satisfaction, to find uh, truly pleasure and delight and happiness in Him alone. And the redeemed of God, the redeemed in Jesus Christ, have found that to be true. They, they have learned that the temporal things, the temporal stuff of this world, do not compare to the goodness of God. And so when we pursue after other things other than God to satisfy us, we, we really are holding into question the goodness of God. And so I want us to look this morning and see this, this beautiful song throughout Psalm 107. In fact, if, if you don't have God's Word with you, why don't you go grab it and, and let's look at this text together. It has 43 verses. We're not going to look at all of them verse by verse, but we're going to look at different sections and, and parts of this beautiful chapter that has episode after episode, story after story of the redeemed. Um, and they're beautiful stories. And so let's begin this morning in verse 1 where it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we, we walked through another psalm, Psalm 136, that repeated uh, these words throughout the psalm. And so this is a common verse in the songs of believers. This is the, the heart and, and the attitude that we find out here in, in this very psalm. It's, it's the song of the redeemed. As it says next in verse 2 through 3, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary and gathered from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. And so the redeemed are from all corners of the earth. They, they have an overwhelming uh, reason to declare the goodness of God um, daily in their life. And so a big question here is, who are 
the redeemed. Who are the redeemed? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. As we look back at the story of creation in, in God's words, we go all the way back to Genesis 1 and, and 2 and 3. It, it explains how God created everything good and, and perfect. And before the fall of man, before the fall of Adam and Eve, uh, they enjoyed together this intimate communion with their maker, with, with God. Their relationship with each other was also filled with integrity, with, with honesty, with love, with joy, with, with peace. Uh, all that was good. Feelings of shame and guilt were non-existent at that time. But then came the fall. And the story of what happened in the garden, Satan's lies, and Adam and Eve's uh, soon sin, uh, it explains how we got to where we are even now. All that was perfect, all that was good was broken the day they desired to be like God and bit into the flesh of the fruit right, that God told them not to eat. And so sin and shame then entered the world. And, and we're familiar with that story. We would get that story back in, in Genesis chapter 3. And ever since, each and every person is born a sinner, enslaved to sin and, and death. As it says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As it says in Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death. And so we are totally depraved. We're in need of salvation, in need of being redeemed from sin and our slavery to it. And so throughout this psalm, as it shares these stories, as it, as it shares these songs of, of the redeemed, it also speaks of the condition of the lost. Before they're redeemed, what, what is their life like? And, and I love these stories here because what it does is, is it gives us a picture of, of where we were before we came to Christ, or, or maybe this morning where we are right now. Um, I think it also helps us as, as believers to, to encourage us uh, not to go back to different ways of, of thinking that maybe we thought like before we came to Christ and, and be reminded what the redeemed think like, how they live, what they pursue, what they go after. And so look at verses 4 and 5. It says, They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. And so here pictured are travelers. They're lost in a desert. Uh, this most likely, in fact, probably refers to uh, Israel's 40 years in the wilderness. And, but these are wonders. Um, that they have souls that, that are a wilderness itself, a, a desert itself, that they're under distress, and nothing they find can, can bring them rest. Nothing they, they find can bring them peace or comfort or satisfaction whatsoever. They, they have searched and they have looked, but have found nothing to save them. And so they find nothing but disappointment. And so often we look for things in this world to fill us, to satisfy us, to, to fill those um, holes in, in, our, in, our, in our life that are, are lacking. And when we do, we're, we're asking that thing or those things to, to really be our personal Savior. And so this means that we're asking something in, in creation to do something for us that only God can do. And so the things in this world can't satisfy your heart. Uh, if you ask them to, your heart will be empty. Your heart will be discouraged. It will be frustrated. And so the bottom line is... If you seek after satisfaction, if you seek after happiness, those things, that satisfaction, that happiness will escape you. 
And so such is a soul before knowing the redemption of Jesus Christ, as we see pictured here, this, this wandering, this, this soul that's a desert, a wilderness. They are hungry and thirsty, looking for something to fulfill their cravings, but they are never satisfied. And then we see another condition of, of the soul before redemption. It says in verse 10 through 11, there were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Now, this is the soul in the state of sin before coming to know Jesus as their Redeemer. They're in utter darkness and in the realm of death. They are perishing. They are prisoners in misery as they disobey God's commands and they choose the path of rebellion instead of the path of obedience, instead of the path of obeying God's commands. They choose rejection to God's counsel, to His wisdom, and to His leading. And then the next condition we find in verse 17, the psalmist speaks of fools here. He says they're fools because of their rebellious way and because of their iniquities, their trespasses were afflicted. Uh, fools here speaks of those who are sick in the heart. They're misguided. They, they don't fear God. They, they, they have failed to face the reality that, that Jesus is Lord and the only one who can satisfy their soul. Another condition we see here of those who are in need of a Redeemer in verse 26 and 27, it speaks of those on a ships. These are seagoers. Uh, it says that uh, the, the, the ocean rose up to the heavens, that they went down to the sea, the ship did on the uh, sea, to the depths. Their soul melted away in their misery. They reeled and they staggered like a drunken man and were at their wits' end. The picture here is the, the waves of life, uh, the storms of life. They, they can take us on uh, the, the, literally uh, up and down in life, like, like a ship going up and down on the waves. And life can be rocky. It can be unexpected at times. We can lose courage as well. We can lose hope uh, when things are tossing us here and there. We can sway back and forth in life. We can stagger through life aimlessly, misguided, misdirected. It seems here these seagoers are pictured as those who were, were maybe leaning on their own wisdom, their own works, but they get to the end of themselves. And then the other condition painted here is uh, how the curse of sin uh, spread beyond humans and, and it affected the physical creation as well. In fact, Paul speaks about that in his letter to the Romans uh, in chapter 8. But here in Psalm 107, 33 through 34, it says that, that he changes rivers, God changes rivers into a wilderness and springs of water into a thirsty ground, a, a fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. And so when you look at this section here of the condition of the earth, uh, we see that God is sovereign over the earth. He's in control over the earth as well. But we also see that, that sin has affected creation. It has impacted the earth that, that God created for us to enjoy. And we see it all the way back in with the curse that falls on it in Genesis 3. And so as a result, we have sickness. We have disease like COVID-19. We have hunger. We have famine. We have floods and violent storms. And all are the result of that first sin there in the garden of Adam and Eve. And so we have one more condition I want us to see in verse 40. It says that he pours contempt 
upon princes and, and makes them wander in a pathless wait. And so, waste. Here we see the nobles, the rich, the proud, and judgment falls on them. God causes judgment to fall on them. They look like to many, these who are the nobles, the princes, that they have everything they need, that, that they have it all together, that, that life is great, that life is, is glamorous, but really they're wasting away. Their, their life literally is a waste, and they truly have nothing except the riches of this world, the fame of this world. Though they seem rich, they are poor. Their soul is poor. And so we see the condition of man without a Redeemer, without Jesus Christ. But the story doesn't end there. We know that God has a plan. God has a plan in Jesus. It's His redemptive plan to save and to restore us back to Himself. And this psalm paints a beautiful picture of that. And so we find out through God's Word that God sends Jesus. He sends Jesus to die for enemies. Have you ever thought about God's love, how, how different it is than, than human love? God loves us when we're utterly unlovable, when we're at our worst. And when Jesus died, He died for the ungodly. He died for sinners. He, he died for His enemies. He died for those um, that we see here in Psalm 107 who, who are searching for in so many different places, but in the wrong places. They're in need of a Redeemer, and, and God and Jesus loved them. And so we find through the Apostle Paul of how contrary, how different uh, God's love is uh, uh, compared to the love that we show each other. In fact, listen to what uh, Paul says in Romans 5, 7 through 8. He says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God shows His love for us, and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so God sent Jesus to die for the ungodly, for his enemies. He dies for us. And then we see that the death of Jesus purchased a, pe- a people. And so as we think of this idea of re- redemption, th- this is what the story is, that, that God sends Jesus to purchase a people for himself. And so the death of Jesus Christ was effective in its purpose. And its goal was not just to purchase the possibility of salvation, but, but a people for his own possession. In fact, in um, here in uh, Psalm 107, we find that he redeemed them from the hand of of the adversary. And so that's what um, God and Jesus Christ came to do, is to redeem us from our adversary, from, from the enemy, from, from sin, from, from death. And in Ephesians 1, 7 through 8, it says that in Jesus we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. And so redemption means we've been released from slavery. We've been purchased or bought back and set free with a ransom price. And so we are redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. The immediate result of our freedom from sin slavery is that God has forgiven our sins, as Paul says there in Ephesians 1. And so Jesus' death on the cross has accomplished our redemption. And this has been given to us by the abundant grace of Jesus Christ. And so the death of Jesus and His redemption also reconciles us 
to God so that when we are redeemed, we, we get God. We get to have a relationship with Him. And Jesus' death enables us to have that, this joy-filled relationship with God, which is the highest good of the cross. As Paul writes about that, he says, You who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He is now reconciled in His body of flesh by His death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach, before Him. We're reconciled to God. We get to have a relationship with God. And so how do we experience this redemption? Well, I want us to jump back in Psalm 107. And we see several times throughout this chapter something that repeats. And in verse 6 it says, These who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those whose their soul fainted within them. It says in verse 6, They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, he delivered them out of their distress. So this is the repeated response, a cry of mercy throughout this psalm of those needing redeemed, those needing saved, those needing rescued, those needing delivered. Uh, they got to the end of themselves, as verse 12 even speaks of. It says that God humbled their heart with labor. They, they stumbled and there was none to help. God humbled them because they thought they knew better than God. And they got to the point that there was no one to help them. And they turned from trying to do life on their own, from, from trusting in what they could do, and turned and cried out to the right source, to the right person, to Jesus Christ. The cry of faith saves us from our troubled soul. Romans 10.9, Paul says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, you cry out, call on Jesus as Lord and Savior. It says, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. And so as followers of Christ, we are to continue, even now, to, to cry out daily for God's help, uh, for His help to be with us each day. And so the redeemed from the ends of the earth have experienced the goodness of God and the cross of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And this is the overarching theme of everyone redeemed. Uh, you could say it's the chorus of the redemptive psalm, but, but there are different verses uh, of stories uh, of redemption, and we see that here in this psalm. Just like those watching today, we have different stories of our redemption. And if you take a step back and, and look at this chapter with a 30,000-foot view, we see these different stories. In fact, in verses 4 through 9, you see how God provides for those wandering in the wilderness and He delivers them out of their distress. You see in verses 10 through 16 that God delivers these prisoners that were in bondage and He sets them free. We see in 17 through 22 that, that God saves the fool, uh, the re rebellious one. He saves them. And then we see in 23 and 32 that God rescues those uh, in, in troubled waters and the troubled seas of life. And then in verse 33 through 38, we see how God is sovereign over creation. And even though the fall has affected um, what God has created, that by His grace, God brings fruit from it still today. And, and one day, it will be redeemed fully when Jesus returns and He will create new heavens and new earth. And then in 41 through 42, we see how God helps the needy. He helps the poor. He helps the upright. It's the story of redemption. 
And look what happens to those who are redeemed. And we'll look at verse 9 and then touch a little bit in some other places as well. But look at verse 9. It says, For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he is filled with what is good. Um, look at what God does. He has satisfies their thirsty and hungry soul with what is good. And what is that good? It's Him alone. It's, it's Jesus. And so this is what every person redeemed by Jesus experiences, as God is the only one that can satisfy the deep longing of their soul. There, there must be something more. And it is Jesus. He is better than anything this world can offer. He satisfies our soul alone. And so as we look at this chapter, whether it's the prisoner who, who God shatters the gates of bronze and, and cuts the bars of iron for them in verse 16, or it's the fool who, who God takes from rebelling against God to now telling others how wonderful God is in verse 22. That's that big turnaround. That, that's what God does. That's, that's the change that God does. It's the beautiful redemption story. And they look at the seagoers in verse 29 and 30. God caused the storm to be still. He hushed the waves as God made these seagoers glad and they submitted to God's guidance to lead them to be safe, to be saved. This is redemption. And the redeemed find that they can only be satisfied in God alone. And so if you seek Jesus, Rest in His present. Rest in His grace. Put your heart in His most capable hands, and He will satisfy your heart as nothing else can do. You were made for Him. He's the peace you're looking for. Our hearts can rest because by grace we've been given everything we need in Jesus Christ. And I love how this psalm ends. It says in verse... 43, who is wise? Let him give heed to these things and consider the loving kindness of the Lord. And so let me ask you, as we wrap up this morning, do you have a redemption story? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you cried out to him for, for mercy, for his grace? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? in His death, in His resurrection, to save you. Do you have a story? For those who are redeemed today, are we continuing to find Jesus as the only one who can satisfy our soul? Or maybe have we we've drifted? Have we allowed the waves maybe of life uh, to cause us to go here and there and, and to look here and there for, for satisfaction? I, I want to encourage you today to rest in Jesus to find Him as the only one who can satisfy your soul. Let's pray. Our Father, we're, we're grateful for Your redemption. That God, though we were ungodly, though we were literally enemies of You, though we were trapped in sin and perishing, unlovable, God, You came after us. You pursued us and you, and you chose us to, to draw us in to have a relationship with you through your son Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross. 
He became a substitute for us. He took our place, bearing our sin, so that we could have a relationship with you, that our souls could truly be satisfied. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We, we thank you for your redemptive story. And, and I pray today, those watching, that they have a story. A story where you took them from death to life, from darkness to light, from being gated in and imprisoned to now being set free in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, for your church today, may we continue to be satisfied in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Rich Church, have a good morning. Enjoy your Sunday. May we be the church who is truly satisfied in Jesus alone.